Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to another episode of the Water Ball Lake podcast, episode 20. I'm joined as usual by Ant. How are you doing? Yeah, can you, mate? Yeah, thanks yourself. Very well, mate. Very well. Just finished work and then straight on to doing the pod. But I uh, wouldn't have it <laughs> any other way. And then tea time after this, aye. But um, uh-huh. I basically. As you do, eh? <clears throat> as you do, eh? As you do. But uh, basically, just going to round up the, the August transfer window, the summer transfer window. Um, have to say, in my honest opinion, it's definitely been one of the more exciting windows in recent years. Um, obviously, the big transfer, Cristiano Ronaldo back to Man United. How do you feel about it? Um, massive, massive for Man United. Obviously, um, their best ever player, probably the best ever player, especially in our generation, obviously, between him and Messi. Uh, who also had a move in the summer transfer window, but um, I, I can't wait to see what it, what it, what he can do. You know, because obviously he's thirty six now. He's he's a different player to what he was when he left Manchester United. He's you know he's won pretty much everything there is to win uh, at club level. Um, but I hope that United aren't just like kind of pinning all the hopes on the thirty six year old. Even though it's this thirty six year old, particularly is Cristiano Ronaldo, because. It's not going to be the same as, as what it was when he was first there, but I mean, if he scores 20 goals this season, it'll already be a huge, huge thing for him. Um, the pressure for me now is on Oli Solskjaer because he's obviously the Glaziers have, have backed Oli this, this transfer window. They've signed um, Jaden Sancho for a lot of money. They've signed Varane for a lot of money and they've signed Cristiano Ronaldo for a lot of wages. Um, obviously, looking at Ronaldo, the shirt sales alone will probably recoup that. Um, obviously, they let Dan James go, so the fee they paid for Ronaldo is practically nothing with Dan James going for £25 million. But for me, the, the massive, massive uh, pressure is now on only Gunnar Solskjaer because they have to win something now this season. You know, they've got a good side now and 
Um, they've got to win. I mean, top four in the Premier League is not good enough with that team, um, with Ronaldo in it. So, uh, massive pressure on him. But, I mean, I remember um, a couple of days ago, he was he was meant to be going to City, wasn't he? And then it got changed over to uh, Man United. I mean, I would have loved to have seen Ronaldo in a City top. Um, like the like of De Bruyne, uh, Ford and when he's fit, Sterling, Mares, Bernardo Silva, Ferran Torres passing the ball through for Ronaldo to score. I would have given the trophy um, probably the same day he signed, but obviously City didn't feel his wages were payable, so he's got to Man United, and you know he'll like I say he'll he'll score goals for them, but it's a lot of pressure now on Solskjaer, and you kind of feel a little bit sorry for the likes of Mason Greenwood and. Martial, who probably aren't going to get a look in now when Mason Greenwood's been superb. So, um, it, or he's going to have to find a way of getting Ronaldo in, Mason Greenwood in, Rashford when he comes back, um, Cavani. And so it's um, it's going to be interesting. It'll also be very interesting when the next get a penalty when him and Bruno are, uh, are both on the pitch because Ronaldo's actually missed a penalty tonight for Portugal. So I don't think Bruno will be wanting to give them penalties up in a in a, <laughs> in a hurry. Definitely. So uh, well, it'll be very interesting, that. It will, it will. Um, and you're talking about Ronaldo there as well. Obviously, the transfer fee wasn't that much, but then you've got to think about his actual actual market value, especially in the Asian market, worldwide market. You know, Man United are going to sell a lot, a lot of shirts, and the Juventus have kind of, from what I saw, I saw someone on social media where their market value and their market sales had obviously dropped because Ronaldo is a brand at the end of the day. Um, so that it's obviously it's got massive market value, and that's probably one of the main reasons that they've brought him back. He's going to finish his career at United. Obviously, one of the things that was mentioned was the squad number number seven. So mm-hmm. Dan James has left, freeing up number twenty one. So does that mean Cavani's going to go to twenty one and Ronaldo's going to take seven, or do you think he's going to take a different number? Because I made a prediction that maybe he might take number twenty eight. For me, you shouldn't be given, especially a first team player like Cavani. There shouldn't be around numbers there, left, right, and centre. I highly doubt Ronaldo's that got that much of an ego to demand seven, and, yeah. and I probably wouldn't be giving him it anyway. You know, I don't think that's right. You know, whatever number for me, numbers are they're irrelevant really. I mean, especially when next season you would imagine Cavani will leave at the end of this season anyway for Man U. So you'll probably get seven anyway next year. But I just think it's it's irrelevant really. Whatever shirt you got on your back, it doesn't particularly matter. Um, you know, the whole I don't think shirt numbers, I think obviously for kids and everything like that to get the favourite player and the number on their back. But um I for, for me, whatever number he gets really you should just take, you know, I don't think there should be all this clamour about having number seven. It's not gonna affect his brand. I mean, if you look at David Beckham, he was number seven for a very long time and then he went to Real Madrid and took number twenty three and then went to PSG and took thirty two and it didn't affect his brand and I don't think it's gonna affect the C R seven brand. Um I do think, obviously, ultimately he will get seven, but I wouldn't also be surprised if he got 28 because 28 was the number he originally wanted at United. But like you say, it is just a squad number. But, you know, to to sell shirts, CR7, it's a, it's a brand, and maybe that's what Man United are thinking by maybe potentially looking to move Cavani to number 21. Should give him 77, then he might be twice as good. <laughs> well, he is no right. ordinary 36-year-old, isn't he? So he's... <laughs> He's an absolute specimen. But yeah, I mean, we we touched on Dan James there as well. Dan James going for 25 million to Leeds. Leeds won them last year. Ultimately, Man United got him. Um, now they've finally got their man. What do you make of that transfer? Because obviously, ultimately, last week he, he played for Man United. 
So yeah, you've got to feel sorry for Dan James. You know he plays on Sunday. Um, Man United they, they picked up a three points, and then the next day, I mean they knew they were signing Ronaldo on the Sunday. The next day he gets sold the Leeds, and so he doesn't get to, to benefit from Ronaldo's experience. But yeah. you know Dan James is going to go there and play a lot of football, which I yeah. think that's what he needs. He, you know he's a, he's an alright player, Dan James. I, I'm not hugely on him. You know I don't think he's a Man United caliber of, of a player really but he's done all right there um but he'll go there at leeds play a lot of football um enjoy what marcel bielsa does with leeds because the player very good attacking football yeah. um you know really good style of football and i quite like what what they do there and he'll bring um a vast uh a vast amount of you know pace and, and experience of playing and you know the champions they play at a higher level so um yeah it'll be fun for him I, th- I can imagine Banford gets a lot of goals now with James playing playing there, so that can only be good for him. And t- I think it's a good deal all around. You know, I think Leeds have got a good a good player. Uh, Dan James is going to play regular football, and Man United have got twenty five million for him, which I think is good money. So that's it's not bad at all. Yeah, I think Leeds now will have a decent midfield nucleus. I mean, you take Rafinha, Calvin Phillips, James. Jack Harrison, you know, the Aliofsky, they've, they've got some good options there. I mean, I think, I think Dan James is a good signing, but I do think Leeds are going to struggle this season because other than Dan James and Junior Furtwell, they've not really bought anyone. And I think they're, try, they're basically like Sheffield United, aren't they? They're going off last year's successes, thinking the team's going to be good enough, but people might have figured them out. So we'll we'll see what, hap- what happens there with Leeds like. Um, next signing, Nikola Vlasic to West Ham. And personally, I think West Ham's done very good business this window. Vlasic was originally at Everton, didn't get a chance, went to Moscow, um, and now he's at West Ham. He looked, you know, he, he looks a very good player from what I've seen of him in the Russian leagues and for international. Um, what do you know about Vlasic? I mean, what do you think of West Ham's window so far, as well as bringing in obviously Alex Kral, uh, Kurt Zuma, and they've brought in Ariola on loan as well. Yeah, I think Zuma's a good signing for them because um, he'll steady them at the back. Um, as regards to Vlasic, I mean, why did Everton get rid of him? You know what I mean? That's what I, I, look, at, I look at. that. I mean, Ono is only 23, so maybe he wasn't ready then. He'll come back and, and prove a lot of people wrong. But he, he, he's done well over. He was at, he was at Split, wasn't he? At Hadrick Split when they've signed him from... No, they haven't signed Hadrick Split. He was at Moscow, sorry. Um, and he's done well at, at, at CSKA, so he's obviously going to come with a little bit of confidence. My question would be, though, where is he going to play in that team? Like, who, which position is he taking? Is he going to be the Lingard of, of what West Ham were last season? If so, then, yeah, there might be on a winner there, you know, if he's going to, like, take that position off and, and feed the ball through for Antonio and um, Bowen. Um, so, yeah, not a bad sign at all. They have had a good window, you're right, with West Ham. Um, you know, and they've started the season well, although the drop points uh, on Saturday, they drew with Palace, I think. Um, but for me, West Ham's main thing is keeping Antonio fit, because yeah. he'll be um, he'll be crucial for them. And if Lasseter can hit the hit the ground running, then he should be should be really good. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you though about West Ham. They've, they've made very shrewd signings, I think, in the window. And uh, they haven't thrown money at them, but they've been very shrewd. <laughs> As much as we hate to talk about Moyes in, in, in that way. I mean, if I look at their midfield now, I think Dek Rice, Suchek, uh, Ben Rama, Bowen, and then Flasic slotting in with Fornals also, you know, like rotation, I do think they've got a kind of good midfield there, really, to be honest. But Ben well, Rama's a cracking player as well. He um, is, Syed Ben yeah, Rama. I really, player. really like him. Uh, I mean, obviously, other business, 
done at the window was Emerson Royale. I think that move came a little bit out of nowhere. I didn't really see them purchasing a right back, to be honest, because obviously they had Aurier, they've had Doherty, and they've got Tandanga in. I don't really understand that transfer. Yeah. Obviously, they've released well, they've, Aurier they've now. They've terminated Aurier's contract, so yeah. he's now a free. Um, but he could be coming to give... Yeah, he'd be coming for... Um, it's a bit of experience as well. Obviously, Tandanga, it was actually done really, really well, but he's only young. Um, I don't particularly think Matt Doherty is going to stay at Tottenham much longer. You've got to remember, you know, Nuno sold him to Tottenham when he was at Wolves. So, obviously, there's something about him Nuno doesn't particularly like. Yeah. So, uh, Emerson Royale coming in, obviously, to provide, I would imagine, to provide cover, to provide challenge for, for Tandanga. Obviously, if, if um, his form runs off, which it could because he's only young and you wouldn't imagine him being able to play every game of the season. So I think it's a smart little sign. And Spurs' Spurs's biggest signing is Harry Kane obviously staying until whenever. I think I think Harry Kane will be gone in January. Uh, the way he came out, obviously yesterday, he came out and said he's got nothing to nothing to be sorry for or, or doesn't regret mm-hmm. anything, this, that and the other. And I mean, I, I, can't, I can't be... What what does Harry Kane need to regret? You know what I mean? Yeah, if he wants to leave, that's fine. He wants to play, you know, wants to play in the Champions League. He wants to win things. He doesn't know Tottenham, Josh, does he really? Yeah. You know what I mean? He's um, he's he's done plenty for Tottenham. He doesn't know them, Josh. You know, if he wants to leave, wants to better himself, I don't see why there's all this clam that he has to apologise just because you know he's he didn't manage to get a move to City or wherever wherever who want whoever wanted him. Yeah. Um, you know, so. The biggest thing with Tottenham, especially with with Harry Kane, is Daniel Levy will will not, you know, uh, it'll not be a penny out of out of uh, pardon me, out of pocket. You know what I mean? Levy is such a a snide businessman, and as uh, it's very hard to take a top player away from Tottenham under Daniel Levy's charge. So. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens in January, but I think it's already it's already made for a very interesting January with Harry Kane. Not particularly saying he's going to be staying. The Tottenham for for another for another deal. He said he's going to be staying this summer. Yeah. So um, you know, if I was a Spurs fan, I'd be enjoying my last three and a bit month of Harry Kane and be bracing myself um, on in January the first when the window opens. Yeah, another another good well a transfer which I think might turn out be a good one is uh, Lookman to Leicester. I know it's on loan, but that's the kind of player that Rogers likes. Um, I think you'll really mould him into a top draw player to be honest and most likely look to make that move permanently but also in the same mould as Luckman is Damarai Gray who in my honest opinion has been one of the signings of the summer so far 1.6 yeah, million yeah, is a steal. yeah obviously um, uh, it is another one we're going to probably differentiate on how to pronounce his first name but I call him Damari but anyway <laughs> I would never have sold him if I was Brendan Rodgers, I would never. So I think he's got a lot of potential and he is doing really well. He's got Everton, hasn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. He's, he's doing really well. I think he's scored a couple of goals. Um, Luckman, I'm not massive on. I've, I think I didn't think he was very good at Everton. Um, he got loaned to Fulham. I didn't think he was great at Fulham. I think it was last season, wasn't it? I didn't think he was great there. So he's got a lot to prove, I think. I, I think he's a little bit of a, you know... Maybe a bit overrated, so we'll uh, we'll, we'll 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 keep judgment on him until yeah. he plays a few games for Leicester. But for me, the jury is massively on him. Yeah, I think Brighton made a very good signing, and Mark Corellia um, can play anywhere up the left. But Barcelona originally wanted to keep him, and probably had a buyback clause on him. But fifteen point four million is a steal for a player who can play anywhere up mm. the left. 
Um, another player as well who made a transfer from Swansea to Burnley, Connor Roberts. I mean, I think if I was sack, I'd be very proud of that transfer, 2.5 million, because I do think Connor Roberts is a good player. Um, which, you know, Burnley haven't done much in this window, but they've got a manager who will get them results at the end of the Burnley day. Burnley will so. be fine. Burnley yeah. will be fine. You know, obviously, obviously, Sakrafeku, I, I hope he still listens to us being on the show a couple of times. <laughs> um, you know, he'll, they'll be fine. They did all right, actually, on Sunday. I watched their game against Leeds and they probably deserved to win, to be honest. Um, but they'll be absolutely fine. You know, I know they, they haven't made that many signings. I'm just double-checking to see if they made one on transfer deadline. Day, but I don't think they did. Just Connor Roberts, um, that was it, 2.5. Connor Roberts. Ah, that was it, right? Yeah, back. Well, that's a nice little, that's a right little sign. That's a nice Burnley signing, though, isn't it? So yeah, that's um, kind of played dice. What right. dice does is is bring players from the championship, like what he's done with Chris Wood, and make them better. Yeah, which um, I think they'll be, I think they'll be absolutely fine. I've got no problem with with Burnley this season. Um, you know, the main problem with Burnley is I think dice has got a year or two left, and it's keeping it's keeping him. I think I think that's going to be the hardest thing to do. What do you make of Palace signing uh Edense Edward from Celtic? I mm. think I think it fits the mould of what Vieira's looking for. I mean, I remember saying a couple of weeks ago I think they'll struggle. But in all honesty, I don't think he's a bad signing, to be fair. And I like the project he's trying to build, but uh that it's a bit of a game changer that transfer, but he's he's gotta he's gotta really hit the ground running in the Premier League because they've been so reliant on Benteke. And Ben Tech yeah. isn't exactly and brilliant. also as well, it's it is quite <laughs> difficult now to make that kind of jump from the Scottish Premier to to the Premier League because it's you know it's it's leaps and bounds. But Edward is a good player. Yeah. You know he's um, probably Celtic's probably Celtic's best player. But Celtic have replaced him well with the uh, the Japanese guy who was caused quite a little bit of um, angst on Twitter today. So I don't know if you've seen that, but no, we're not what going happened, to it. Uh, we're not going to it. But um, yeah, it's a good sign for them, and he's big, bustly. You know, he can score goals, so um, more than likely be their number one striker. So it's it's a good sign for Palace if he can hit the ground run, and then you know he'll get the goals that they'll need to stay up. And to be fair to Palace, they haven't started the season badly. Really, they've they've had a little bit of a difficult start, but um, in, in games wise, you know, against opposition, but they've got a good draw on Saturday at West Ham, and. I think they had a good chance to win it at the end and they missed it. So, um, yeah, that, <clears throat> Vieira, it's going to be slow burning, I think, with them this season. It'll be very slow burning, but hopefully Vieira can quickly get his, his ways across um, and, and keep him up. But I think I had them to go down, didn't I? So, yeah. um, I can't remember now. It's <laughs> that right. long ago. Even though it was like three weeks ago, I still can't remember who it was. But, yeah, it's a good, like I say, it's a good sign and it's decent money as well. So, um, yeah, he's not a bad player. So, that, that's quite good for them. Yeah, I mean, as far as struggling teams come I'm going to come to a team in particular last but I'm going to just mention a couple more signings Solomon Rondon to Everton I think that's quite good business free transfer free transfer as well isn't it Um, I think he's taken a massive wage cut as well to call Everton and I mean because Everton have managed to keep a hold of Ricardo which everyone thought was was impossible but for me with that the only thing I've got against Rondon signing is are they going to change the formation because DCL, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, has been tremendous so far this season. Scored a couple of goals. Um, are they going to be alternating him and Rondon on a good change formation? It's a big question for Rafa, but obviously Rafa has had him at Newcastle. He knows that he's a goal scorer. Um, if he can replicate that form at Everton, what he had at Newcastle, then Everton will be real good. You know, dark horses for Europe, I think, this season. Um 
if I was Everton, I probably would have looked at signing the defender because I think Michael Keane's not really done it yet. Yeah. Um, sort of looked at maybe going to the centre half in. Um, but no, good business for free for nothing. It's a fantastic signing. I think Rafa's done some kind of good business at Everton because when I looked at like signings of like Damari Gray, free transfers, and that sort of stuff, I thought, oh, they don't look like they've got much of a budget. Are they going to actually struggle this season? Are they going to be able to mould what what work they did last year? I mean, last January, uh, in January, sorry, they signed Josh King, and I remember us having this discussion about Josh King, and I thought mm. it would be the flop of the transfer window, and I don't even think he played a game, did he? He um, didn't, and I thought that was really, I thought that was going to be quite a good signing for them, I remember saying it was an interesting one, but I don't think he, I don't think he played, I, don't nah, know. I, I think he got a little bit of an injury, but <clears throat> he didn't, he, he definitely didn't play many, if he played any at all, so, yeah. um, but obviously, I mean, Rafa knows what he's doing, you know, Rafa Benitez, and I think now with with them getting off to a decent start as well in the in the Premier League, the whole we don't want them at Everton thing will go away. To be honest, um, for me, it probably shouldn't it shouldn't really matter. Like yeah. he, he managed Liverpool, but you know it, it is what it is. I uh, I mean Santiago Minos to Newcastle on loan. As far as I'm aware, that's going to be under twenty three team. Uh, Hamza yeah. Chowdhury, the deal fell through for hit for them. Um, there's talk today that they might be interested in Serge Aurier. Um, do you think Serge Aurier might be a decent signer for them? Because this Manaz is ultimately going into under twenty three, so we're not going to see anything of him. Well, I honestly thought they were replicating the goal film when when I saw his <laughs> name. I thought, hey, Christ, um, you know. But I, I mean, I don't know nothing about him, guys. I'm not even going to go into yeah about uh, you know. I don't absolutely nothing about him. Aurier, it'd be an interesting one for him. But the thing is with Aurier. He's so hot and cold. I mean, at times he can look like one of the best right backs in the world, but then he puts in a dirty tackle, or and then at other times he just looks as if he's never played football in his life. He's he's, he's a strange one. Um, but it's interesting that he he offered to terminate his contract and that if, with Spurs. So obviously something has happened since Nuno's come in because he was getting a game, wasn't he, under uh, under Mourinho last year? So. It'll be interesting if they do. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Newcastle do will utilise the free transfer market because I do think that that they are a couple of players short. Of short. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't want to spend the whole time, you know, dissing Newcastle. I don't think that you know we need to kind of be a little bit impartial, even though we're like Sunderland supporters. But <laughs> um, you know, maybe not. You know, go hold back. But I mean, there's some there's some players in that. In that free transfer that they could look at, you know, obviously there's this Mustafi who was at Arsenal centre half, but I, I think they're all right centre half. Ben Arthur, the former Newcastle player, Dan Sturridge, you know, yeah. through the middle, not a bad one. Tevez, but I mean, Tevez is about or 37 30, I don't think that would be too, too great. Manzugic, the same, you know, good striker, but is he too old now? David Louise, so there's there's some players around there that they can look at, definitely. Um, yeah, but um, oh yeah, Aurier, Aurier might be an interesting one if if they if they go for him there. Um, it'd be interesting if he could put if he could strike up a relationship with Sam Maximal because that's paced on that right hand side. Like, but we'll yeah. see what happens. Um, you mentioned uh, Nuno again there, and I just want to quickly touch on another player who actually didn't move on in the window was uh, Ndombele. Um, mm. Do you think he's just out in the cold now, going to be training with the reserves, or do you? Think... Yeah, but I think he's kind of already said that, hasn't he? He's kind of. Um, Said he, he's not got any plans for him there. I think Ndombele has been a huge flop. Actually, he came with came with a lot of there was a lot of talk about him, wasn't there? And he hasn't quite done it. So 
Uh, I think that'll be a January thing. To that's what the, the the first thing they'll look to do is just get rid of him in January. I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's nobody wanting, but there'll be obviously there'll be teams, uh, even European English, who who probably need, you know, a player in Dombele's calibre in in January. So I think that's a January one. Yeah. What about Saul to Chelsea on loan, five million loan fee? Potential to make a permanent. I think personally that's a cracking signing. Like, yeah, it is. It is another team who's had an excellent transfer window. Obviously, yeah, Romelu Lukaku coming back has hit the ground running straight away. Um, Chelsea are going to be they're going to be very very close with City. I think this season. I think it's them too. Um, Liverpool for me haven't made any. They've made any real signings. Have they? Yeah. I think they've signed like a centre half, but not yeah. Um, but they haven't really, you know. I I know what I can understand them not trying to break the mold with them. But um, I mean, Harvey Elliott looks good for them in, in the middle of midfield. So obviously they didn't really want to, you know, want to look at youth and everything like that. But they're still relying a lot on, you know, Salah, Mane, uh, John now up front, uh, Henderson. So uh, you know, and, and John Henderson not getting any younger. But uh, I, I I just can't see, you know, I can't see. Liverpool being that team to challenge uh, City, yeah. whereas Chelsea and if Man U, obviously Man U have now got Ronaldo, you can see Man U definitely staking a claim. Although the first three games I've watched United haven't been very good, by the first game against Leeds, I uh, watched them against Southampton where they drew 1-1 and you know they struggled to beat Wolves uh, away from home and that goal shouldn't have counted because Pogba should have been sent off for the, for the tackle he put in um, in the rules of the game. I don't know how... A, I don't know how the referee missed it, and B, I don't know how VAR haven't haven't overruled it. But then, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't understand VAR anymore. But <laughs> no one uh, does. Yeah, Liverpool could have done with maybe another midfielder. I think you know another attacker midfielder maybe, but maybe they're just relying on youth in Harvey Elliott, which fair enough because he's a good player. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, the last team that I'm going to go on to. I mean, I personally think Sal's a great sign. I think he's one of the signs of the window. But I'm going to go on mm-hmm. to lastly Arsenal. Because we discussed Arsenal with Ahmed last week. They've signed Takiro Takiro Tomiyasu for twenty million. Mm. Paul Merson brought up a really good like point on Sky Sports. If this player is that good, why isn't the Inters, the UVs, the Romas wanting them? Um, who is Tomiyasu? Their business over the window, what do you make of their business? Um and the best thing they could have done was get rid of William and, and they've done that. Um I worry for Arteta, and and obviously, I mean, I don't know anything about this this guy of signed. Is it Teriyasu? Is it? Um, I, I don't right really back. know that much about him, yeah, to be yeah. totally honest with you. But is is he a left back? Right back, right back, a right centre back. back. But he's right. more slightly coming in as the Bellerin replacement. Yeah, obviously, Chambers is playing there at the moment, but he's probably going to be the choice. But for me, that's too much defensive change. I think they're going to leak goals left, right, and centre. For for me, then obviously, I mean, we've got to really talk about our, I mean, Arsenal at the minute, and obviously, Bamiyang's just come back from COVID. Lacazette's just come back from COVID. I think Xhaka now has COVID, but obviously, going to be banned um, for that for that ridiculous tackle he put in on Saturday. Um, for me, Arsenal are just they're just shy that that other centre half to play with Ben White once White comes back. Um, I mean, for, for me, they've signed a goalkeeper they didn't need. Um, cause for me, Leno is a mile better than Ramsdale anyway. Um, I think they've only signed Ramsdale because he can play football on the floor. Um, but for me, I just think they've spent the money signing reserves and they've spent a lot of money signing players I don't think they needed. So, I mean, for the, I mean, I don't think for life as they'll go down, but they need to be very, very careful that they don't get tealed off. Um, like, 
obviously they lost heavily to City on Saturday and City just walked through them. I know they were down to 10 men, but City, once City got that first goal, and to be fair, before that first goal, Arsenal were probably the better team, but City just, you know, as soon as they got into the stride and, and you kind of go down 10 men against City because they're just going to pick you off, but that is a, a quite a chastening defeat, I think, for Arteta. And I, I'm surprised that it's got to, you know, like Wednesday night we're talking now, and they haven't sacked him, to be honest, because I think he's he's got to be a couple of results away. Yeah, I think he's uh, I think he's out of his depth. Like I didn't think he could. Uh, I don't think he was ready for the Arsenal job. Um, and I think they've spent the most money. And imagine if they have a relegation struggle, that is unheard of for Arsenal. But mm. you know, remains remains to be seen how players like Odegaard, Ramsdale, they'll all adjust to this. We'll 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 see in five, six, seven, eight, nine games. Um, yeah, the, I mean, uh... I can understand, obviously, like, um, Ahmed put it brilliantly last week um, about how they've just completely gone from the youth system to signing players with Sanyu. And I can understand they need, like, two players for every position and challenge and challenge for every position. But I just don't understand the Odegaard sign at, at, at all because, for me, Emile Smith-Rowe should be given this free reign because Emile Smith-Rowe's a good, good player. Yeah, I'm not saying Odegaard isn't because he is, but... Why do you give Emil Smith Rowe a, a squad number sign him a new contract with that and the other and then bring in somebody from Real Madrid who's gonna to want to play football in his position? I just think it's I think it's mental. And like I say the same with Ramsdale. That's like what twenty odd million to spend on a reserve goalkeeper. Because you know, I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna out uh, replace Leno. And then really they should spend that money on What's missing at the minute? You know, a good quality centre midfielder who's going to pull, who's going to put chances on a plate for Aubameyang and Lacazette and whatever. Um, they just completely. I think they've just signed players for signing players' purpose, really, and I think it's it's really wrong. And like I said, we had Ahmed on last week. Ahmed spoke brilliantly um, about what's going on at Arsenal, and I, I just don't. I think that day of Arsenal being one of the top six, the big six, is over. Um, I just think they've, they've fallen behind too far now. Yeah, no, I mean, you made a great point there. I mean, I do think that, that Martek will be one of the first managers gone. I mean, we'll move on anyway because we did discuss Arsenal last week and we'll just discuss a couple of the lower league transfers, just like some players who you thought like stood out for you and then we'll maybe move on to just a couple of European ones as well. Uh-huh, yeah, so, yeah, no problem. Um, Basically, like when I've looked at the, you know, Championship, League One, League Two transfers, uh, Chabalet to Fulham, that's a good move. Um, I was quite impressed that uh, Christie had went to Bournemouth for two point five million. Obviously, they just sold Dan Juma to uh, Villarreal, so I thought that was mm-hmm. decent business for Bournemouth. I mean, um, there was some okay signings for some. T- I mean, Robin Olsen on loan at Sheffield United. I mean, he's coming from Roma. He's a Sp- Sweden international. That's a good move considering they've invested. They've got a twenty five million investment for the Ramsdale sale. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair to Olsen, whenever he came in for Pickford last season. He, he, he rarely put a foot wrong. He, he was quite a good deputy for Pickford. Yeah. Um, so that's actually quite a good sign for them. Obviously, Sheffield United have they've started off the championship really, really poorly. So and they've lost the, the you know their number one goalkeeper to Arsenal. Um, so that's really a really clever sign actually. A good experienced goalkeeper who was playing in the Premier League last year. It's, it's a it's a good sign in that. Um, I agree with you on Christie. I think that's a great sign. Shalabar uh, Fulham, brilliant, brilliant sign and Fulham of. They've hit the ground running this season, you know. Some part of it, they've they've started really, really well. 
So um, for me, that standout is probably Shalabar. That's a really, really good signing. Yeah, Gibbs White as well on loan to Sheffield United. I think they have done some all right business. Uh, for their window um i do obviously want to get a tiny tiny bit biased and mention you know uh the jacku and the 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 goalkeeper ivan drago um jokes um Hoffman. Uh, Hoffman, <laughs> I, I mean yeah. i feel like personally you know i mean i'm obviously going to take a minute or two to discuss something here but um i feel like we've done great business we're working on the project which speakman's famous for we've got these players from top class academies world like world class facilities in some cases I am really happy with the business we've done. This is what we've needed for God knows how long. I mean, I spent probably round about however long on, on the report yesterday, um, probably about two and a half hours, and we still couldn't get... Um, is it Dijaku, Dayaku, Deku? We couldn't get his name. You know, how you pronounce that name? So that's going to be fun. Um, but it's a great, that's a great sign. And I mean, like we've signed two players... Who were in the Champions League winning squad last year? Uh, not last year, the year before. Sorry, you know Hoffman was on the bench in that game. You know he was his pictures. He's got pictures of the Champions League trophy and stuff. You know he's he's learned under the one of the best goalkeepers in the world. You know it, this is it's just a, an amazing sign, and they're both with view to permanence as well. So you can quite see what Speakman's doing. He's signing players young to develop them. For even next season, you know, for a push at the championship, if we go up, you know, it's it's just so it's so much better. I mean, this time last season, Sunderland signed Danny Graham, you know, a thirty-six-year-old who who wanted to retire, you know, wanted to he was wanting to retire, you know, and we we gave him what four or five months or whatever, and now we're signing these young lads from from Premier League sides, you know, like Callum Doyle from from City, you know, Dennis Shirkin from from Tottenham who's come highly rated, Huggins from Leeds who has come highly rated as well, uh, Nathan Broadhead from Everton who's a highly rated player, uh, mix that up with a couple of the youth players that Sunderland have brought through, obviously Elliot Embleton who scored again on on Saturday, Dan Neal who looks looks amazing, um, Anthony Patterson the goalkeeper, you know, it's it's really really like it's just so refreshing to see that at Sunderland and you can't help but get excited. Um, also in League One, I mean, the, the standout transfer for me was Saida Berahino to Chef Wed. I mean, I thought he'd retired. Yeah. So it's amazing Been to see him back. Leagues, he? Yeah, I mean, that'll be, that'll be an interesting sign for them because if he brings back any type of form he had at West Brom, you know, they've got a they've probably got the best player in League One there. So um that'll be interesting if they can hit the ground running. And obviously Will Grigg has, has gone to Rotherham. Um so finally end of Will Grigg at Sunderland. Um that's a good sign of a Rotherham. If they can get a, a fire in Will Grigg, then they'll be up there. Um Portsmouth signed Tom Eaves from Hull. Um Tom Eaves is a good quality uh, League One striker. Um I would imagine that's gonna be to challenge John Marquess, who hasn't really done it since he's moved from Doncaster to to Portsmouth, so that's a a good deal. It's an interesting, pardon me, that's an interesting deal. Um, Ipswich signed eighteen players, so we'll see what they and can they're do not having a that. great. Uh, their chemistry isn't there at the moment, is it? I mean, it's... no. What they're trying to do, what we did three or four years ago when we signed a lot of players and tried to gel them, it takes a while for it to gel, but. Um, it'll happen. It'll happen. Whether it's a little bit, you know, whether it's next season or something like that. But um, obviously, you're looking at Wigan as well, getting Curtis Tilt back. I think that's a good sign for them. Um, yeah, I, I think you know the the League One, you know, transfer 
Dave, you know, drives my dad on. Dave was very, very busy yesterday. So, right. um, obviously, um, as well, going to League Two, again, with Sunderland kind of in mind here, Jack Diamond Harrogate. I think it's a very interesting signing, a very good sign of Harrogate. Um, I, I believe Hartlepool got like got a few over the line, but they were trying to get Benji Kimbioga. Uh, again from something which didn't quite happen so um like i say a couple of a couple of investor ones there so right. it's going to be yeah it was it was it was a good transfer i think it was probably the best transfer window ever to be honest best summer one at least ever because of you know the big transfers that went on in the premier league obviously you've got the cargo going back to chelsea ronaldo going back to manchester united jack Grealish going to manchester city um, you know the whole Harry Kane saga, even though nothing happened with it, but it Massive just made it very PSG. interesting. And you kind of like with the transfer windows, you kind of get a little bit bored of them, especially because it's all built towards one day, and, and that one day is never like it's it never like kind of exceeds the the hype. But the whole window, I think this year kind of did. So um, it was it was good to see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll just mention just quickly a couple of European transfers. I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions as well. So European, obviously, Moise Keane went back to Juventus. Nuno Mendes mm-hmm. signed for PSG on loan. Obviously, Messi went to PSG. Pryte from Leicester went to Torino on loan. Um, you know, um, there was Reese Nelson who went to Feyenoord on loan from, from Arsenal. So there's been some all right uh, movements in the... European window, obviously Bellerin, which I don't really understand why Arsenal's got rid of him. He's went to Betis on loan. That's a bit of an mm-hmm. odd one for me because I, I don't mind Bellerin, to be honest. Um, so some interesting transfers in the European market, but obviously the big the big story in the European market was Messi going to PSG and then Mbappe wanting to go to Madrid. I mean, obviously just want to get your thoughts very quickly on that. Yeah, I mean... For me, uh, again, I think it was it was uh, Ahmed who, who went the nail on the head. Uh, why on earth Mbappe wanted to go to Real Madrid is beyond us. You know, um, he's going to learn so much off Messi, and he can go for free at the end of the season anyway. So obviously there'll be I don't know if there's going to be like a fee that they'll have to pay because of his age, but um, for for me as well, I mean the one you've missed, Gary. I don't know if you if you knew about this one. The the big one for me is Griezmann going back to Atletico. I um, I think that's again it's it's a it's a loan deal with view for a thirty one million pound move at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, obviously we all know Griezmann hasn't done it at at Barcelona, but when you look at Barcelona, look to bring Luke de Jong in from from uh, as Ajax or PSG or whatever or PSV. Uh, Sevilla, he's at now. he plays for Sevilla, mate. Of Sevilla, I mean, yeah. what? What is that? You know what I mean? The great Barcelona is trying to sign a, a flop, to be honest. He's been a flop everywhere he's gone. So, um, and then obviously, I mean, obviously they've got this wage thing and everything like that. But, and the big the big thing as well, like I said, for all the at Manchester United, the massive thing now for um, PSG and for the Pochettino is they, they've obviously signed Messi with view to win the Champions League. Uh, and this is going to have to be the year that they do it because it's last year with Mbappe. But they're going to have a front three of Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi. So you know, let's uh, let's just let's just enjoy that that one. Uh, them against City in the Champions League draws mint. You know, it's going to be so good. Two, they're going to be two huge games of football. Like, right. no, definitely one. One more European transfer that I just quickly want to touch on. I mean, I said this in the group chat and I put it on my Twitter. Um, I know you're a big fan of Danny Olmo. But uh, Red Bull Leipzig have signed Alex Mariba, who I'm I'm a big fan of. I think he's like going to be a really good player. I think he's going to be very interesting to watch for Leipzig. So maybe want to watch for anyone who watches a European game. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I've never really seen him, so um, I'll take your word for it. But yeah, you're right. I am a fan of Danny Olmo, so if he's if he's as good as him, then uh, that'd be good. that'd be a good sign for Leipzig. I, I, I like the way Leipzig play football as well. Right. Um, you know, they're just swashbuckling, attacking football. You know, it's great to see. So well, I yeah, think he's been. Uh, I think he's been signed as a replacement for Sabitzer because Sabitzer moved over to Bayern as well to join Nagelsmann. Mm-hmm. Uh, compa- um, the centre back, I can't remember his name, Compendia or something. I think no, he plays for PSG, man. Um, your Campbell or whatever he's called. But um, I just want to quickly ask you a couple of quick fire questions. All right. So, who is your signing of the summer window? And you can't say Messi, and you can't say Ronaldo. I wasn't going to say any of them two anyway. Oh, uh, Romelu Lukaku. Romelu Lukaku. Yeah. No problem. Who for you has done the best business? Um, on a whole, United. Who has done the worst business? Arsenal. <laughs> who is your? Sorry, Ahmed. <laughs> who is your one to watch? Someone you know, who, um, like young kid, maybe. Probably the guy. Um, is it Saul who signed for Chelsea? Saul Nagas, yeah. Yeah, I would say he's probably the one to watch because I think that's a good sign. I think that's a very, very good sign. Um, yeah, I'll go for him. And who do you think is going to be a summer flop? Oh, um, for the amount of money, does it have to be what a big money signing, or could it be just any? It can be just any, like, you know, like someone who's came with a big reputation who maybe won't live up to the hype. Oh, I'm going to have to say Ben White now. I don't, really, I don't really want to say Ben White, but I think that was far too much money for him. Um, so I'm going to say Ben White. Uh, this, you see, 50 million was a lot of money for Ben White. He didn't look great against Brentford, you know, like, and I do think it's going to take time for him to adjust, especially like when they're, they're brought in so many defenders now. And I mean, mm-hmm. he's probably not going to know who his partner is. It's either going to be Gabriel, it's going to be Pablo Mari, or it's going to be that uh, Japanese lad. I mean, could change, could be Holden. And I think that's probably going to mm. affect his game. But, yeah, I mean, I think overall, all in all, the window was a good window. And, you know, I think we've talked about it in depth. I can't really think of anything else I'd add to it, to be honest. We, we need to do we need to do ball and ball league of the week, Gary. Our new feature. See, I was thinking of that. I was thinking of that there. But then I think... I can't really remember what's happened over the weekend, so I'll, I'll you tell me who your baller and your baller uh, ball eight of the weekend is then. Um, for me, baller is uh, Ferran Torres from for Man City because just for the season he had last year, he struggled to yeah. to go in, and for me, no, he's probably City's number one striker, kind of like play him down the middle as a false nine. Um, obviously that might change when. When uh, De Bruyne comes back, but I think he started the season off really, really well, and he scored two very nice goals on on Saturday. Um, for Borlaik, as much <laughs> as much as I think he'll do very, very well at Leeds, I think just for being Dan James and having having started for United on Sunday and having that, you know, being so excited about Cristiano Ronaldo coming and then the next day you're playing for Leeds and I'm not being horrible to Leeds because like I say, I think it'll end up yeah. being a good signing but he must be, you know, really, really good but um, that's not really his fault, I suppose but um, yeah, I'm going to say Dan James for Ball Lake. Oh, bless. I mean, I, I think I, in, in a way I agree with Ferran, like I feel like Ferran is going to be that false nine forward that they're going to 
player now because obviously they didn't sign anyone. Um, so I am in agreement there with you with Fer- Ferran. And to be fair, my ball ache as well, actually just looking at the stats from the Man City Arsenal game, my ball ache is just granite jacket. Arsenal. Uh, it's just <laughs> yeah, granite I mean, jacket. No, I, I just... Have you seen the tackle? The tackle's just, just stupid. Well, you know, it's not like... He's just an idiot. He's just an yeah, idiot. It's, it was just it was just so unneeded, and um, you can't get away with stuff like that anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there was there was a few to be honest this week for 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 baller. There was a lot. I mean, there was a guy for Shrewsbury who who I was very close to giving it. The only problem is I can't particularly remember his name, and I should have looked up before. <laughs> but he was seventeen year old, and it was his first ever professional goal, and he scored over a kick from the edge of the box. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, and Shrewsbury won their first game of the season. Um, obviously, they've had such a hard year or so because Steve Cottrell had um, had really bad COVID. He was in intensive care and stuff. So um, for them to get off the mark, um, and it was against you know a half decent team. So you know fair play to them. Um, but but uh, just for me, just Ferran Torres, I think was was outstanding for City. So yeah. he just wins it for me. Ah, so we're in agreement over Ferran. I think Jacques is just he is just generally a ball ache. So it's probably yeah. not the first time I'm actually going to mention Jacques over the next over the season because I just think he's a clampness. But that's just mm. my opinion. But yeah, it's a good I mean, feature that though, isn't it? You know, nice new one to bring in. It is. And he even he even WhatsApp does that to remember to put it in. So I'm not going to lie, I, I did, did forget my phones on him <laughs> on. Do not disturb when we do the podcast, like. But I, I mean, obviously international break this week. Um, we'll see how obviously the international teams get on, and we will be back very, very soon with another podcast. Um, hopefully got lots of exciting things coming up in regards to it, as well as getting out on other formats as well. We've got guests lined up, haven't we? We yeah. do. We have quite a few actually. Hmm? We have quite a few we ideas do. in the pipeline at the moment. So. Aye, very exciting times for our What A Ballic podcast listeners, maybe over the next six months through. <laughs> oh, porky little podcast. <laughs> Aye, but uh, as always, mate, thank you for joining us at 21.56 tonight. Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.